He's controversial. 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now, he's outspoken. You will tell your kids, and your grandkids, and your great, great grandkids. And he tells it like it is. That you watched a great athlete named the franchise, and he was the greatest world's heavyweight champion of all time. He is the franchise Shane Douglas, and you are listening to the Triple Threat Podcast. Prepare to get your ass franchised. Like studio wrestling from Pittsburgh, the same thing. They can't find a ton of footage on it. You just thought that somebody somewhere would have had that footage. But what was routine back then is they had so many master tapes at the studio. And when those tapes got filled, they would go back to the beginning and erase it and start over. And you, know, and you think about just how much footage was lost. You know, this is the thing like about current. Uh, Technology that is astounding to a guy like me that has seen like the, the advent and the, the you know just where we were and where we've gone. Uh, you know, if you were trying to like say archive the WWE, I remember them having immense rooms that had you know you'd go and you push a button and like all these walls with like like twelve foot high bookshelves would move and bring this one thing forward because they were looking for a particular date or tape. Uh, now you can do that all on a goddamn stamp. It's amazing. You know, and, and I, I keep thinking back to all these incredible times in wrestling when wrestling went so big at that early stage, like the late 60s, early 70s, and into the 80s. Uh, how much of that has been lost? You know, you, we we always read about these great angles between wrestler A and wrestler B, and these iconic historic angles, and you know, and, and a lot of those are there's no footage left of. You know, it's just sort of been erased over. And uh, do you guys know I'm talking about? There's a lady from Australia. She's always at the WrestleCons. Um, oh, what the hell's her name? Uh, uh, I don't know. She's a real short. She's a short lady. She has all the wrestlers like tattooed, like their names tattooed on her arm and stuff. She's she's a hoot. I mean, like you know, you meet her and like she'll talk your ear off, and she knows a ton about everything. Well, she told me that uh, when I saw her at WrestleCon, and I know then that I was going to Australia. I must have because I, I asked her about footage if she, you know, had any footage of WCW and she said she did. Hmm. 
So, you know, I'm curious to see if she really does because the, uh, what the hell was the name of that DVD? There was a DVD I borrowed from Dominic. He had gotten a copy from somebody. Do I have it laying here? Uh, shit. It's like, uh, something like, isn't it like we were, we were tough guys or, or something like it was, it, it's got some weird, it's got a yeah, weird name to it. Hang on. It's uh, Rough, Tough, and Real, The Legends of Australian Wrestling. No, this one's called it, – it's not that, but it's it's something general like that. Um, and when you watch it, it's like two hours, two and a half hours long. I was spellbound watching it because, you know, keep in mind, I'd always heard Dominic telling these stories. You know, when I was in Australia, I had this, you know – angle with this guy or did, we did this or went here did that and uh, I heard the story since the earliest days of meeting Dominic and now I'm watching this but I noticed that if they have five minutes of clips it isn't much more than five minutes I mean you know and, and they keep showing those same clips over not back to back but you know, like you know it's pretty well done for being independently done uh, DVD but in watching, you think like, yeah, without even knowing, I thought like, as I'm watching, them, like, why are they using that clip again? And, you know, then by the time you get to the end, you realize you've seen that clip, you know, seven or eight times. Uh, and that was the reason, you know, and, and, and the bonus stuff, the guy, uh, it was the announcer, uh, I forget his name, but the announcer, he's dead now, but his son that put this together. And in the bonus stuff, he talks about it and says, you know, like how they, didn't have any footage. They couldn't get, you know, pull much footage together. I guess they even put out like calls yeah. like, on online and stuff saying, if anybody has any footage, send it in. And you know, what they have is what they had. And it's very, very scant considering that company ran from 68, 64 to 78. Right. Yeah. I found so, it. It's called over so, the top rope. That's what it's called. Well, yeah, that's it. Off the top rope. Yeah. Yep. It's over the top rope. The legends of world championship wrestling, Australia, 64 to 78. Yeah, it's it, it, if you get a chance to watch it, do because it was really well done. Like I said, considering it's very professional, uh, but th- that you know, for guys like us that watch this stuff a lot, you'll you'll recognize very quickly that they're using the same footage over and over again. Um, I, you know, I give them credit for the way they did it because you know having that scant of footage that, to use. And to keep it compelling to watch, I, I, I thought they did very well with it. A lot of still photos and stuff, but yeah, I, I thought it was well done. Yeah, I uh, a project like that, you know. A shame that there's not more of that footage, though, existing, you know. And if it was erased over, it doesn't exist. Well, I'm sure somebody's got it in their attic, and they have no idea. It's right next to the uh, the Honus Wagner and the uh, Superman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, shoeless Joe Jackson shoes. You know, it's all sitting up there in the uh, some some old lady's attic somewhere. But let's uh, let's get it casually started here and shooting the breeze a few minutes as we roll into episode number sixty one of the Triple Threat Podcast, being brought to you here today on the Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling Podcasting Empire. If you didn't know by now, my name is Chad, and as always on the two-man power trip, I'm joined by my one and only tag team partner, JP, John Paz. And on this show, there's a guy who goes by a nickname that's legendary in the annals of professional wrestling. 
whether you call him the franchise or an ECW original, he is an absolute legend in the wrestling industry, and we're proud to call him our partner. He is the franchise Shane Douglas. Shane, I hope I made up for what I did in episode 60. <laughs> Woohoo, the franchise is in the house. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to episode 61, Shane. I can't believe it's been, you know, the time is just flying by. It's, you know, my son just started today, my oldest son, uh, his first day of his senior year, which is just mind-boggling to me because, uh, you know, it just seems like a blink of an eye. He was this little teeny tiny thing that couldn't even walk or talk. Uh, it's astounding to me how time flies by and the fact that we've already done 60 of these and now on 61. Uh, a, it's a testament to the fans. It's a testament to you guys putting up with me for that long. Uh, that you know, especially the last couple of days, we've had you know pretty pretty tight schedules and 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 getting ready to leave uh, for Australia. So you know, let's let's get at it and have fun. Well, Shane, as this is being published, uh, let's see, you'll probably be upside down uh, somewhere on the globe. You know, as you uh, fly uh, fly into another uh, hemisphere. And you really, uh, you, you touch down in another land. I mean, it's going to be such a cool trip. Can't wait to hear not only about your stories, but also I want, I got to know everything that happened with Dominic and Dominic reliving everything that he did back in his heyday. And when he was a top guy and when he was in Australia wrestling for WCW, uh, can't wait to hear all these stories as we get closer to the minutes and the days and the hours are you starting to get excited? Is it something, or is or are you really all right? Ed, to get past the flight, will you be more excited? How about that? Yeah, it's probably more likely. Uh, you know, in two thousand four, the last time I was in Australia, uh, I, I had re-injured my right elbow, so the trip back was really, really bad. Uh, you know, I'm one of those guys that after you know three, four, five hours, I'm. I'm ready to get off a plane, and unfortunately, Australia's a little bit further than that, but at least going, you got the the luxury of looking forward to getting there. Uh, the one thing I remember about all my visits to, to Australia is that, the, the, the it's A, it's a beautiful country, uh, B, the people are fantastic, and the wrestling fans even better, you know, so I'm looking forward to it, and the fact that I get to come back uh, with Dominic Danucci, which... You know, Australia, many fans may not r- realize this. Australia was where Dominic became, uh, you know, a, a, a mainstream name, a big name. Uh, and for that, you know, couple of years that he was in WCW, World Championship Wrestling Australia, uh, he became, you know, on a very top level. You know, I'm hesitant to say it, but it honestly is what, what other fans have told me. He was, you know, like a Bruno Sanders, what... Fans from there have told me he was like a Bruno San Martino there. And so the fact that he's not been back since he left in 1968, this will be the first trip back to Australia. I'm going to, as, as tech idiot as I am, I'm going to do the best I can to uh, video and record as much of this as I can because it's, uh, uh, you know, for me, it's, it's coming full circle. You know, when I was a, a snot-nosed kid training in Dominic's school from the time I met Dominic when I was in eighth grade. I've heard these stories about Australia. And, you know, as I've you know grown up in the business, so to speak, I've heard these stories, you know, from different points of view and different angles. 
And now to get to go back there with him, I'm really, really looking forward to it. Uh, there was a press release sent out today uh, to a lot of the outlets, media outlets in Australia. And I'm really looking forward to getting over there with Battle Championship Wrestling and Dominic Danucci. But keep in mind, they've also got uh, Rob Van Dam, Sabu, Masato Tanaka, Tajiri. Uh, just incredible was supposed to be there, but you know, I think most fans are familiar with, with the problem there. Uh, you know, but it, it's going to be one hell of a tour, and I'm really looking forward to it. It's been a long time for me to be there, but also the uh, chance to relive all of that with Dominic Tanucci is to me going to make it even extra special. See, I think that's really cool because it's like uh, having two different eras of your uh, your history there. So you got your mentor and the guy that you've been hearing these stories about for your whole entire career. And, and from literally the first days that you're training with Dominic and you're getting to know him, you're hearing these stories. But then on the other hand, you've got all these guys that you worked with so closely and became friends with and, and almost like family to an extent and you're all going to be in on literally the other side of the world from us. I just that's one of those things I find to be very funny because a lot of times when you see go, going over for an overseas tour, maybe you have one guy that you can kind of connect with, and you got to get to know guys that are, are local to the promotion. This is a different story. I mean, this is guys that you have history with. So just from looking at you and what you're going to be doing, I, I can't wait to hear all the stories and all the fun you're going to have. Yeah, you know, my understanding, I've had a lot of discussions with uh, uh, Matt Adonis, who who is one of the guys uh, instrumental in battle championship wrestling, that they've, you know, it seems they've got a pretty good business plan laid out. You know, they're, they're, they've focused on uh, the main populated areas. Here. It's funny for us in America because pretty much there's people everywhere. But there are vast portions in Australia where there are huge stretches of that continent where there's hardly any even uh, 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 any human beings. You know, it's my scant remembrance of Australia is that most of the population is centered uh, on the on the periphery of the continent, and the interior is scantily populated, which is strange for us. But to get back down there and to uh, see like with what they're doing in battle championship wrestling, hitting those populated areas like Melbourne, like Adelaide, uh, like Sydney. Uh, Sydney is what I'm really looking forward to because the last time I was there, I went up and climbed up the bridge that overlooks the opera house and, you know, all those iconic things that most people get in their, in, in their mind's eye when they think of Australia. Uh, so really looking forward. And the big, the big, test for me is will i be able to get dominic up there to climb across that bridge above the sydney harbor so we're gonna if so we're gonna have some great videos and great pictures to to show out to everybody on on the twitter feed when we get back now when was the last time you saw masato tanaka because i mean obviously not really coming over to the states very often so when was the last time you ever even got a chance to saw him i saw masato tanaka uh two years ago it was november of 2015 yeah, November 2015, so a little over two years ago. Uh, he's in phenomenal shape. You know, he always was, but he, like now he's like really cut and lean. Uh, but uh, Masada Tanaka was one of those guys that I really, really just got along great with. Uh, fantastic guy and a fantastic wrestler. Had the privilege of wrestling him in Pittsburgh for ECW. And... Uh, 
you know, again, bringing Dominic Danucci into it when it was the main event uh, at the uh, Pittsburgh Convention Center and came back and Dominic had been sitting there watching the whole show. And he first thing he came back to me, he said, that kid's a hell of a wrestler. You guys saved the show. Well, you know, Dominic is looking at it from the wrestling standpoint. You know, his generation didn't see all the, you know, didn't understand necessarily all that ECW, the changes that ECW had brought to the business. And, but hearing that from my trainer, uh, a was a big sense of pride for me and knowing that I couldn't have done that without Masato Tanaka. So I'm really looking forward to seeing Masato in, in uh, Australia again. Uh, all the guys, really. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I haven't seen Robin sometime. Uh, Savo I see often, but I haven't seen him for a while. Tajiri I haven't seen in a long time. So I'm really looking forward to, to seeing all the guys and just having a great time. Now, Masato Tanaka, uh, just by watching him, you know, might look a little, uh, things look a little snug, maybe even a little stiff. So uh, <laughs> I'm sure you were probably on the receiving end of a couple of those, huh? Uh, I, I, you know, again, you know, I've always, as anybody that's ever followed my career knows, I've always been a huge fan of Japanese wrestling, A, because they do it right. You know, the, the, the Japanese really put that extra effort into everything, especially the great ones. They put that extra effort into anything. Uh, nothing is taken for granted and. You know, we all, you know, especially those of us in the industry have heard the renowned stories of the famous, you know, or infamous, as it were, uh, Japanese dojos, you know, and, and how tough it was. And, and you can see that, you know, I saw it on my first trip there in 1988. I, I've seen on every subsequent trip and from every major Japanese star I've ever wrestled or watched wrestle here in the States. Uh, I can't think of one that came and was just, eh, you know, okay. Uh, you know, whether, uh, uh, you know, you, you get on a long list of, of the wrestlers and you know, you, you're really hard pressed to think of any of the stars that came here and made it in America uh, that were just so, so they're all great. And, uh, you know, it's a testament to Japan, the Japanese and the Japanese wrestling scene. And it's cool to see that he didn't need to uh, stick around and, uh, you know, try to linger on with uh, some of the American wrestling companies. And he just, he did his business and he went on his merry way. And uh, always a cool novelty to see uh, Masato Tanaka wrestle. But obviously, what else is going on in the wrestling world is the huge, huge StarCast convention weekend, as well as the All In show. We've talked about All In at great length over the past couple of months. We just had Conrad Thompson on our show promoting StarCast, who's the brainchild, uh, the co-host with Bruce Pritchard and Tony Schiavone and Eric Bischoff on their podcast. Uh, we got to learn about a lot about what's going on, but Shane, you know, you were originally going to be penciled in for the StarCast weekend before this kind of uh, intersected with your Australia trip, so you had to bow out. We were also invited to StarCast, uh, but wouldn't be able to make it. Now, it would have been a hell of an event for the three of us to be together, and so I'm going to bring Mr. JP in here, because he's like the uh, the StarCast uh, guru. Now, John, if we all invaded sure. if we all invaded Chicago, I think it could be a game changer. But it's cool to see Shane's going to be off doing his thing in Australia. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That is a great opportunity. Very cool stuff for Shane. He's going to be hanging out with his trainer as well. It's pretty cool, and his old buddies at uh, ECW alumni, if you will. But, Shane, you know, there's so much going on. Uh, 
that you're going to miss as far as StarCast and All In. But the thing that sticks out to me the most about All In and you is Nick Aldis defending the NWA title against Cody. And, you know, it's going to be a big match and a big deal. Kind of hoping, or you kind of thinking that uh, Cody Rhodes gets to follow in his uh, dad's footsteps, good old Dusty. What are your thinking, uh, your thoughts, your your thinking about uh, this matchup and uh, possibly Cody being an NWA champion, just like you once were? <laughs> for for uh, for a whole sneeze, I think. Uh, yeah, look, <laughs> you know, I. I uh... I am so incredibly uh, proud of and uh, the guys, you know, Cody and the entire All In gang that they, quite frankly, had the stones to even attempt to do this, you know, because I I, I always consider myself as somebody who's willing to to, to push the boundaries. I, I don't think at that stage of my career, I would have, you know, laid my own money on the line to take that chance and if I had probably lost a shitload of money, uh, this is a phenomenal thing. These kids have done and, and understand that when I say kids, I don't mean in any way condescending. I mean, cause I'm that old. Um, they, they, these guys have really swung for the fences and hit it out of the park. Uh, it's impressive to watch. And the, the fact that the fans have responded in this way, a tells me what I've always believed that wrestling has not died. Uh, sports entertainment is on the wane, but wrestling, as we saw it, not only at the All In show, we saw it on the Kenny Omega show uh, that I don't know how much has been covered, but the, the show that he had in Florida that did so well, and the upcoming Ring of Honor New Japan show in Madison Square Garden. All of these are, are representative of the fact that wrestling fans out there all over the country are screaming, we want wrestling and getting it back now about Cody. Uh, you know, yeah, I'm a bit of an impartial fan here or, or a bit of a partial fan. I should say, you know, I, I learned so much from his dad and didn't even know at the time that I was learning, but learned so much from his dad and grew up as such a fan of the business when his dad was like one of the guys, uh, you know, one of a, select few can count on probably the fingers on one hand, excluding the thumb. Uh, you know, so to see his son Cody now following in that and showing the same kind of irreverence that Dusty had, you know, the, the go for it attitude that has been lost in the business in so many ways. Uh, to see him doing that and, and his, you know, the, the entire all in gang and, you know, selling that building out in 26 minutes, I, I, I tell you, it does my heart so good to see that because it reiterates to me and confirms to me what I've always believed that those wrestling fans hadn't died. They hadn't been sucked up by a UFO. They are still there. And now that they're being given a product that they want to see, you see them turning out in droves. Keep in mind, all in sold out that building in 26 minutes. And that's one city. Now, augment that over the country, you know, and I think you you can begin to see what I'm saying when you look, you know, you guys know the numbers as you know, I've reiterated them how many times here on the show, the 50 million fans that have tuned out, well, you take 11,600 from Chicago, 
another 20 plus thousand in New York and so many here, so many that you go right around the country and see, I think it's very possible and quite plausible that those guys and those entities like New Japan and Ring of Honor could very conceivably go to every major city in this country and do the same thing. Uh, so I, you know, I, even though I'll be on the other side of the planet, you can damn sure bet that I'll be keeping a close eye on All In uh, to see how the show goes, to see what the outcome and the results are. And, as, you know, as, you know in, in fairness of full disclosure, you know, I, I you know, uh, managed uh, Nick Aldis, you know, a few, few times in uh, House of Hardcore, Tommy Dreamer's House of Hardcore. Uh, I'm also a big fan of his. You know, I think Nick, you know, has, he exemplifies a lot of what's right in our business. And so to see these two going head to head on such a momentous night as all in, it's one of the few times that you wish you could be in two places at once, that you wish you could be at all in at the same time you're in Australia. But, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to really big things coming out of that. And regardless of who wins that match, I think the fans are going to get one fucking hell of a show that night. Now, to be honest, when I first saw that they sold out without announcing any matches, you know, I was pretty shocked. Like, oh, wow, it's not even about, you know, what the matches are, which a lot of the times it is. It was really about those guys putting on that show and, and really Cody and the Bucks and their fans coming through. But when I initially right. looked at the card and I saw a lot of guys, uh, you know, guys that I, I've known for a long time that I either follow on Twitter or Facebook or wherever writing about the card saying like, wow, you know, this card, you know, looked kind of weak and it wasn't that great, but the actual all in crowd and the young bucks fans, they were loving that card. So I don't know if it was just me kind of being more of an old school fan and, and really just had my eye on, on they had a six man tag. It's the young bucks and Kota Bushi versus Mysterio bandito and Phoenix. That was one match I had my eye on, but the other ones I was kind of wishwashy on. You ever get surprised? You know, by by a fan base that like, wow, the maybe the old school fans aren't liking it, but there's this whole new crop of fans that are like, wow, this card is amazing. But you're shocked by it because you're an old school fan. Well, keep in mind that you know the, the world keeps turning; you know, it never stops. And so, you know, the, the football that I remember growing up has evolved quite a bit, uh, changed quite a bit, and yet you still love to watch uh, you know, at certain points. Uh, you know, the wrestling industry is the same thing for every old school fan. There is, there's at least another fan coming up behind that grew up watching something different, but that's what makes our industry so fascinating to me is that you have, you know, some people go to the ice cream stand and they want vanilla, some like chocolate, some like pistachio and some like Rocky road. It's that sort of variation. Like go in a modern way, beckons back to what Bill Watts used to say so long ago about wrestling. At Thanksgiving dinner, you don't want just a big pile of turkey. Ever, you know, want a little bit of turkey, some stuffing, some cranberries, some pumpkin pie. You know, and, you know, God knows what else on the side of the plate. A little bit of everything. And the fact that we can see a building like that sell out that quickly, an independent show sell out that quickly. You know, I think it, it it just supports the fact that you have a lot of new fans coming into the business. 
Now, what the key is going to be now is who can cross over. Who can? It, it's like you know, putting a you know, sticking a paperclip in the left side of the hole of an outlet and then sticking one on the right side. If you touch at the same time, it's getting knocked on your ass because you've connected. Who's going to be able to cross over and connect that old school with the new school and bring that new product? It's obvious that the company up north seems to have forgotten how to done that. So uh, the, the the opportunity is wide open for somebody to figure out how to do that and cross over those two worlds and offer the best of both worlds. And whoever can do that has got a king's ransom sitting at their feet. I will say this. Besides that six-man tag, Kenny Omega versus Pentagon is definitely a match that is on my mind you know, first time it's going to happen, probably the last time it's ever going to happen. So that also, which was added a little bit later, that match interests me. And I know, Shane, you do, you know, as I know you're an old school guy, and, and but you do have your eye a little bit on some of these current wrestlers like Kenny Omega, who we talked about in the past. But are mm-hmm. you a fan of Pentagon as well? Yeah, uh, more introduced him recently. Uh, again, you know, like I said in episode 60 last week, uh, I don't get a chance to watch much of the current stuff. Uh, what I typically do is when I hear or see the fans, you know, sort of gyrating about something like they did about the uh, uh, Chris Jericho, Kenny Omega match from from Japan. Uh, I went back after I didn't see it live, but I went I wasn't able to watch it live. But I went back afterwards and watched it specifically because it was getting so much buzz with the fans. And I've done the same thing with Pentagon. Uh, after seeing him you know, on this show, I was aware of, of him, but I hadn't seen much of him. And I've gone back as, as pretty much most of the card. I've gone back and watched and followed up uh, on a lot of the guys that are on that show because, quite frankly, I'm astounded. Uh, you know, Even now that it's sold out, and we've been talking about it for, what, a month or two, uh, it still astounds me that they were able to sell that building out with no major television behind it, uh, nothing more than the buzz. A, it shows you how far technology has come, that on social media alone, that they could get the kind of buzz out to sell out. Hell, to sell out a 1,000-seat building would be impressive. But to sell out nearly 12,000 seats and do it in 26 minutes is astounding. And, and, and then on top of that, you said, J.P., doing it without really having announced any large part of that card at that point. Uh, on every level, my, my, my shoes are blown off. You know, it's honestly, it's, this is from where I come from in the business as about as probable seeing, seeing a unicorn on the day you hit the Powerball twice. Uh, but again, it happened. And it's just a testament to the strength of professional wrestling as opposed to that other stuff. Hmm. it's definitely going to be interesting i want to see how they pull it off i want to see you know the entrance and just the the traditional things you look for as a wrestling fan of the entrance uh, you know just the way they put together the show the production very interested to see how they kind of pull all this off now obviously you're you're going to be in australia you're not going to be able to watch it is this something that that if uh, you know a, a certain somebody sends you a copy of it or something? Is this something that you would digest and, and want to watch, or is this sure. something you you're just going to pick and choose? Absolutely. If I wasn't in Australia, I would have been there. Uh, like you said, I, I have been booked to appear there and and would have been there uh, had it, had this not been 
you know, unfortunately, at the same time that I was being booked for that, uh, my agent was working on this in Australia and, and was totally unaware. And they intersected, you know, had to, had to choose one or the other because of the Dominic factor. I took that. Um, keep in mind, though, like if you try to look at this through the lens of 1990 or 1995 or six, there's probably going to be things that you watch that, that you may not like because you don't recognize uh, there may be things that you don't like because it doesn't jive with your taste in, in wrestling. And then there might be other things that blow your socks off. Uh, you know, I, I, I was one of those guys that was never a big rap music fan. Still aren't. Uh, but if you go back and watch, you know, uh, I, I saw an interview one time with Gene Simmons where you know, he said it's much the same thing. I am a rock and roll guy and not a big rap guy, but he then went out of his way to say, but this guy impresses me and, 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 and this artist impresses me. And you know, I was really turned on by this. Uh, like I said, the world keeps turning and, you know, none of us can expect to turn on the television and see shows like we watched when we were growing up, uh, turn on NFL football and see games like we used to watch. Doesn't mean they're better than or now or worse than or now. It's just that the world keeps turning and progress keeps coming. So you know, watch it with an open eye. Uh, that's what I'll do whenever I get a chance to watch it, whether somebody sends it to me there or I can get a chance to watch it live there uh, via the Internet or I have to watch a, a, a copy of it whenever I get back. I'm going to be doing the same thing, you know, because it's like I said, it's I think it's an unfair comparison to look and say, well, in 1995, Shane Douglas did this, but in 1985, Rick Flair did that, and in 1975, Bruno San Martino did this. So, which one was better? You know, you, you really can't compare. It's like one of those things. You know, you, you can get a computer to put it aside now. You can say artificial intelligence, right? But you can, you know, you can sort of do those those uh, what if cards. But you really can't compare the three because they're from three different generations, and and the world has turned for all that time. So, uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing what these kids produce. Uh, you know, because I, I, the, the fact that they sold that place out that quickly uh, is astounding to me. You know, not that, it, that it's an, it was such an impossibility. It was such an unlikelihood, you know, because for so long, there was another entity that dominated our industry. And now we have clearly an impetus towards it. You know, if it was a one and done, you could say, OK, well, you know, you really can't see you know, anything on the horizon. But now that we've seen uh, the vast worldwide interest in Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho, we've now seen the all-in show sell out in 26 minutes. We saw Kenny Omega uh, show in Florida at the casino uh, sell out, I think it was seven or 9,000 seats in, in a real short period of time. <clears throat> and now the historic Madison Square Garden sold out with Ring of Honor in New Japan. So clearly there's something going on. You know, it's not just, hey, you know, there was a one and done and, you know, uh, Cody Rhodes, the Young Bucks and and all those gangs, you know, did this one thing and it's never going to be duplicated again. It's being duplicated. It's been duplicated and it continues to be duplicated. The question will be now, does that have legs? And that's the big if. But, you know, the, the optimist in me can always hope and, and, and say it's going to, you know, and I, I hope it does. Not to the detriment of, of anybody up north. Because uh, quite frankly, I, most people not give a rat's ass about what they do or how they do. Uh, <laughs> but 
for me, for the wrestling fan, uh, I consider myself a wrestling mark like everybody else is listening to this. Uh, I don't, like I've said before, I don't take wrestling mark as a negative term because I'm a wrestling mark. I love professional wrestling. I can't watch, and it's not because I've wrestled for all this time, the, the six-year-old kid in me can't watch that company up north for 10 minutes. But I can watch uh, and did watch Jericho and Omega and, and really enjoyed it. Uh, I'm looking forward to see what All In does. I'm looking forward to seeing what New Japan and Ring of Honor do in Madison Square Garden. And I'm looking for what else lies beyond that. Because one thing's for sure, once the door of opportunity opens up, it's not just one person walks through it. Multiple people shove through it as quickly as they can or entities. So let's see what else is coming down the road. The one thing that feels to me is that the business is moving in a generally positive direction. That's very true. Uh, it definitely is. And there's a lot of things going on outside of one specific territory or one specific promotion. But just stemming from this promotion, I, I got to bring this to, to the light here. This is a couple weeks back, but we got to cover this because dying to get your uh, your take on it now Shane you're one to appreciate a good rib <laughs> from from what I know about you you're, you're one to enjoy it uh, I, I'm <laughs> you might have partaken in a couple in your uh, your career perhaps uh, I don't know if you've been on the recipient never <laughs> well let's talk about ribbing never 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 and I'm sticking to that all right well let's talk about ribbing really quickly here because uh, Randy Orton uh, was being investigated by the WWE for a writer uh, mentioning uh, on a podcast that there's Randy Orton had a way of uh, indoctrinating a new writer into uh, the WWE by uh, when they're introduced to Randy Orton, basically having his hand on his junk and uh, then taking his hand out to shake it and then basically getting the reaction are they going to shake it? Are they going to hesitate? Which then he would take the opportunity to, you know, challenge them saying, Hey, what are you, you big dog and a veteran? I'm going to go to Vince, blah, 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 blah. The big question is here, Shane, is this innocent ribbing? Is this hazing? Or is this not even a, a point of contention? Should we even be talking about something like this? Uh, you know, I, I think in general, first of all, I don't know if you can hear me. I was, I was trying not to chuckle under my breath as you were talking about this because <laughs> I was thinking, like, what an original way to say welcome, right? Uh, you know, honestly, I, I mean, look, I, I understand there have been a lot of people that feel that they've been hurt out there uh, and have been hurt. You know, by I mean, you know, this week we just had this huge thing here in Pennsylvania released about the Catholic Church. You know, so. I, I would you know try to choose my words carefully or to to not I'm not talking about any one group or whatever. But I think in general, we've gotten a little overly sensitive in this country. You know where I saw an interview by uh, oh name again brain fart here on names. Uh, uh, the comedian that was on uh, Tim Allen's. I'm thinking Rick Allen. I, when I saw a comment from uh, Tim Allen recently uh, responding to a question about the Roseanne comments. And he had, this is like three or four weeks after, you know, the hubbub had died down. And he made such a relevant point when he said, you know, I've been a comedian for 39 years and our job as comedians is to push the boundaries. 
you know, to make people think, hopefully make them laugh as they're thinking. And he said, I wonder now where we stand today, who gets to decide what's funny, what's proper, what's improper. If it's me, me speaking for Shane Douglas, I'd love it because I get to decide what's tasteful, what's distasteful, what's funny, what's not funny, and what's uh, disgusting and harmful or abusive. And you guys don't. Nobody else does, just me. But that's not how the world works. You know, the world works. Right now we're seeing this thing where it's sort of this evolving mass of mercury that some days it's this and some days it's that. Somebody says they're offended by this. And it's like, for instance, you know, I, what's her name? Argenta, uh, the, the actress who accused Harvey Weinstein. I'm not for a second defending Harvey Weinstein, but I find it, you know, almost apropos that now she's admitted to having made a payment to buy somebody's silence about whatever. You see what I'm saying? Like, where does sanity stop and where does it begin? You know, like, who gets to decide what's proper and what's improper? I think, you know, there are certain universalities. You know, like, I, you know, anybody I think with anybody with a brain and with any taste and class and, and, and sense of right and wrong would say doing anything to a child is you got to be shot. And anybody doing uh, anything to take advantage of elderly people or, you know, people that have you know, mental or physical uh, limitations should be shot. I, I mean, there, those are certain universalities. But when you break into this, when, you know, it's a room full of just average people and one person says something that somebody else says they're offended by, but the rest of the room laughs. Is the rest of the room wrong for laughing? Or, and who gets to decide? That's the question. You know, like the world has changed in many ways for the better and in some ways really questionable since I've been a kid. Uh, who gets to decide? Who gets to be the policeman that says, Chad, what you said is right, ha, 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 and JP, what you said is wrong, boo. Now we're going to have to ostracize you and get you fired from your job and all the rest. It's, it's a really nebulous question and one that demands that somebody sooner or later answer. Otherwise, nobody's going to be telling any jokes because you might offend somebody and you know, all we, and we'll, we'll get to the point where we can't even make eye contact because you might think I'm ogling you. Uh, again, where does this insanity end? I was checking out a Walgreens a little while ago by my boys with me. And the lady behind the counter, nice looking young girl worked behind the counter, kept calling me honey and sweetheart. Uh, do you have a card with a sweetheart? Okay, honey, well, here's, where you, here's how you slide your card, uh, sweetheart. And I don't know myself, if this were turned around, if I was standing back there and she was checking out and I was saying those things, I'd be in damn big trouble with Walgreens because I'm trying to be nice to this young lady. I didn't take it in any way offensive. I didn't take it in any way condescending. But again, flip that around, put me behind that counter, and let me call that customer sweetheart and honey. You see what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. It's, you know, 
my mom told me when I was a small kid and taught me, my parents taught me from the time I was a small kid, you don't get to have it both ways, son. And yet it seems to me like now suddenly we're in this shifting world that every day, like today, something's funny, but tomorrow it's not. And it's only funny if you're in a certain group, but not in another group. And quite frankly, as an old guy, I'm having a real tough time trying to ascertain what is funny anymore. And am I allowed to laugh? And what's offensive? What's not offensive? I just find it insane. All of it. I really do. So, so is he, is this writer, you know, obviously the writer's not one of the boys, but is this writer kind of breaking the code of even talking about this? Because, you know, I mean, look, what happens backstage, it happens backstage. I'm sure, you know, and I'll, I'll reference Jim Cornette. I, I, I had actually first heard about it from his show and, and a clip that was posted on YouTube, I guess the story kind of blossomed, uh, as the days went on, but Jim Cornette was talking about how, you know, Dusty Rhodes would be known to be in his cowboy boots and cowboy hat. And that's it. Ribs were you ribs were ubiquitous back then in the industry. Uh, you know, and I'm not going to mention any names. I don't want to get any heat on anybody and say something because should the sands change a little bit tomorrow and suddenly something tomorrow is offensive that wasn't offensive today. Uh, I never took any of it personally. I never took anything that anybody was doing. It always seemed to me as exactly what it was. The guy's blown off steam. The guy's having a good time. The guy's trying to lessen the stress of being on the road 350 plus days a year. Uh, I never took it as, and it seems if, you know, the people that were coming to the shows that you saw show after show after show, Many times at the shows, multiple times after the shows. Didn't seem like they were very offended by what was going on, because if you're offended, you wouldn't come back the next time, right? Uh, so, I, I, like I said, way at the beginning of this podcast, I think everybody just has to stop and take a deep breath and say, stop all this what about me-ism. You know, quite frankly, I don't think the world gives a shit if Shane Douglas is offended by something or not. Uh, at least I would hope they aren't because uh, the overall scheme of the cosmos of 7 billion people on this planet, not very important. Uh, but if somebody gets so hyper offended because I said sweetheart to somebody or honey, like the young lady at Walgreens did to me tonight. Uh, and like I said, I didn't take it offensively. I didn't take it as she was coming on to me or trying to sexually abuse me. I took it as a young lady being polite and trying to make me comfortable and checking out. Um, now I'm sure if I, if I would t tomorrow go down there and talk to me and say, that young lady you had working last night called me sweetheart, honey, and I was offended and blah, 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 blah. I probably could get that young lady in trouble. Why the fuck would I do that? <laughs> I was not offended. It was not an offensive thing that young lady did. Uh, but again, if there's what about me as a mobile, well, Shane Douglas is the most important being on the planet. Only I matter. You guys don't matter. And that young lady trying to be nice doesn't matter. Screw her. I'm going to get her fired. Come on. Now, if, somebody, if she comes up and as she's saying that, you know, starts trying to touch my privates or something a little different, you know, but in the overall scheme of the call, again, we're, I, I want somebody to give me the, the stone tablet of what is copacetic and what is not copacetic what today is allowed and what is not allowed. 
And if we disseminate that to the entire population, I'm sure we can all agree to and live by. But when it's like shifting sands in a desert, well, Chad, I know what you said yesterday wasn't offensive, but today it is. So sorry, pal, we got to get you fired. Uh, how, how can you live by that? I mean, how, how can any of us know what's right or wrong? And the only thing I see coming from that is we all stop communicating. We all stop talking, looking at each other, hanging out with each other, because God forbid I might say or do something that offends somebody. Uh, I don't think anybody listening to this podcast, and certainly, any, uh, as I'm saying, is I'm not thinking that this is not an easy thing to solve. Offensive behavior is offensive behavior. And most sentient and intelligent adults can figure that out very quickly, what is offensive and what is not offensive, what is funny and what's not funny. So if this is something Randy Orton was doing, I personally, in full disclosure, never saw Randy Orton do that, never did it to me, so I, I can't speak from personal experience. But it seems to me, knowing the dressing room and you know, the phrase we use in the dressing room, you know, all the boys, meaning all the men and women in the dressing room, uh, I don't see that as an offensive thing. Now, if he's going out and every time he meets a fan saying, Hey, you know, that's something different, but the dressing room is something different. It's sort of a, the inner sanctum, you know, the, the inner holy of holies where we get to let our hair down, get to speak our mind, uh, in the dressing room situation. If somebody does something that's offensive, typically you can go over and pull that person aside and hey, and say, you know, that wasn't very cold, dude. You know, it's, and I can't think of a time when somebody did that, that that person continued doing that. Uh, but it's so seldomly done, you know, in that inner dressing room and in that inner sanctum and inner holy of holies where, where we get to be ourselves. You know, very few people have ever complained about that because nobody ever takes it offensively. You know, it's just a question of, uh, you know, is somebody being overly sensitive or is somebody saying, you know, look, I can get some brownie points or maybe get a weigh-in or maybe get a lawsuit and get some money from if I just say this was offensive to me. Well, who knows? I, again, I don't know Randy Orton that well. I uh, can't think of I've ever met. I may have met him, said hello once or twice. Uh, but here's an idea. If he does that and you don't find it funny, maybe pull him aside and say, hey, dude, you know, I'm not into that. Didn't think it was funny. Would appreciate it if you don't do it again. I'd be, I'd be shocked, in fact, if he came back and did it again. Uh, but again, it, it's my earlier statement. Was, if it was funny yesterday... Man, nobody's sure today, but it's not funny tomorrow. Who gets to be the arbiter of that? Who gets to be the policeman on telling Randy Orton? It was funny yesterday. Today and tomorrow, it's not funny. I don't know about you guys, but I think that's a pretty damn tough thing to disseminate and discern. It's uh, it's a huge thing to disseminate and discern, but just uh, hypothetically speaking, does it need to be a, uh, a, a an admonishment of what happened or uh, an endorsement? But... Funny or not funny? Uh, I'd say pretty funny for where, you know my, my, my place <laughs> in the business. Funny because uh, you know again that's you know it's, it's not like you're going on the Titan front and doing this to every fan in the building, right? You're doing it in 
my understanding the way I've understood it is that this is something he's doing like somebody new coming into the dressing room and, you know, you know, bigger name, trying to make that person feel a little uncomfortable for that few seconds and then welcoming them into that, into that fraternity, uh, harmless. But funny. I could see John doing that. I don't know why John and his brother. And that's why Shane, I think that's why you and, uh, JP mesh so well, because, uh, I don't know why I could see, uh, JP and the other, his brother, JP, uh, doing the same kind of thing. And, uh, and not even they'd make you shake your hand. You wouldn't even be able to turn around. They'd make you do it some way, shape, or form. <laughs> so you always carry the sanitary wipes with you whenever you uh, <laughs> carry you around them. <laughs> they probably got to those too. <laughs> I don't know. I love it. Call me crazy. Uh, call me crazy. I, I I was laughing at the Randy Orton stuff. I thought that was a, a pretty good rib and and a pretty damn good idea. I, I know. You think he's called me crazy, whatever, but I thought that was great. Yeah, I mean, again, it's, you know, I don't know. I just, you know, I think to myself, like, is somebody, like, really harmed by this? Like, if, again, if he's going on the Titantron and doing it every fan he meets at, at WrestleMania, probably not a wise idea. I'm guessing he's probably not doing that. Uh, in the dressing room, come on, man. I mean, if, if, if we got to start looking for things to be offended by, I could find a lot. You know, I was, hell, I'm, I'm, I was offended by how busy I was this week. I was offended by the fact that my I, I used the wrong key when I, I used the key to my back door to try to get in my front door. It pissed me off for about two and a half seconds. I was pissed off when I got my electric bill this month. Yeah, you know, where does it end? And 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 the overall scheme of things, who gives a flying shit that Shane Douglas was offended for those couple seconds? Uh, God. Jesus, everybody take a deep breath and live life. <laughs> Stop looking for the misery in life and enjoy it. Randy Orton is definitely a good ribber as far as I'm concerned. Shane, I know you've told us some good ribs, and I know, obviously, uh, you tricked Todd Gordon quite a few times, but uh, can you think <laughs> of any uh, any you know non-offensive ribs that you pulled that were some of your favorites? I've never pulled a rib in my entire career. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the uh, like the best river you you were around? Not counting yourself, obviously. Uh, there, uh, Kurt Ennig was a, was a pretty prodigious river. Mister Fuji was a pretty uh, 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 prodigious river. Uh, you know, there there were you know, some renowned stories that I've got. Growing up hearing in the business. Uh, but, you know, Kurt was one that I watched, you know, pretty closely because we were in, in WWF at the same time. Um, uh, Davy Boy Smith tried to be, but wasn't quite uh, on the same professional level as, say, like Perfect or Fuji were. Um, you know, but. It, it, it's uh, there. there yeah, I've been around quite a few in the business, and there were some guys that, yeah, you know, like to me, when we say rib, in my head, that's like a practical joke, you know. So, you, know, you pull a practical joke on somebody, everybody gets a laugh, and uh, reduces some of the stress for everybody, and and go on. But like in all things, somebody can push the envelope too far, and you know, there were times when back then, you know, some guys were names on. Uh, are not necessary, but you know, where 
somebody would take a shit in somebody's bag or, you know, do things that you're like, give somebody a bunch of halcyons and knock them out and, you know, do things. So, well, the reason, first of all, the reason that's not funny is, you know, I could give, say, JP, you know, a bunch of halcyons and knock them out. And he wakes up the next day and he wakes up with no eyebrows. Then I think, well, that was so damn funny. I'm going to do it to Chad the next week. I can give Chad five halcyons and he doesn't wake up. So, you know, it's like to me, like give, putting, giving somebody drugs or doing, like to me, that's like way beyond the limit of practical joke and getting into a dangerous realm. Uh, and, you know, there were a lot of guys that did that in the business too. You know, it's, uh, you, you learn at a quite a young age in the industry that if you're in a bar full of people carrying your beer around, you, you hold your thumb over the top of the beer so nobody can drop something in there on you. Uh, there's little things like that you pick up over time that the young kid from New Brighton, Pennsylvania would have never known that, but the old veteran that's been around the business for a while knows that very well. Uh, some guys pushed it too far. And other guys did it, and, and it was funny. You know, Bret Hart was uh, a harmless river in the sense that, you know, he was, you know, really artistic. And so you'd get into the dressing room, and there'd be, always be a chalkboard or a whiteboard there. And, you know, there'd be, you'd come back in after your match, and there'd be a, you know, a cartoon of you drawn or somebody in the dressing room that night drawn. And, you know, in, in all kinds of different situations, and, you know, completely harmless, but totally funny. You know, so, uh, and, and the, the whole spectrum, some guys, like I said, pushed it too far. Other guys, uh, kept it in the realm of probably call a practical joke and haha funny. Now we've definitely talked about some ribs and I, I don't know, me, myself, I, I played a ton in, in, in my life and I just, you know, I am, I'm a little bit more, I guess, thick skinned or I like you know, really tough uh, ribs or tough pranks and stuff like that. But when I heard the JBL story about how he took Justin Roberts passport, I don't know why I couldn't stop laughing about that one. I thought, <laughs> I don't know if you've ever heard that story. It is one of the funniest things. If that was me and I was JBL, I don't think I'd be able to stop laughing all the way back, you know, from the, from the flight from, from the other country. Have you heard that? He stole somebody's passport basically. So they weren't able to, to travel. They were basically stuck. Oh, Jesus Christ. No, that's, I mean, again, that's, it's, that's pushing, you know, because, you know, put it this way, in, in today's day and age where, you know, it used to be, hell, I could get in and out of Canada, which is my license. You know, now, God, you can't get into, I can't get to Ohio without, you know, offering up my firstborn son and showing my passport and, and, you know, stripping naked and getting strip search to make sure I'm not, you know, wearing a, a explosive vest or something. You know, so take somebody's passport. In today's day and age, like, that might have been funny in 1985. In 2018, probably not the coolest <laughs> thing to do. You allowed to leave somebody stranded in the middle of someplace they don't want to be. Um, you know, so, again, it's all relative. You know, something that was funny in 1985, hilarious. Maybe not so funny today because of circumstances. Uh, but <laughs> I, like I said, you know, I, I think everybody just has to slow the whole thing down, take a step back and ask yourself, has there really been any harm done here or has just my pride been hurt? And if it's your pride, just laugh it off. Cause I can, here's one thing I can assure you. It won't be the last time if you live life to any length that your pride's going to be hurt. 
Very well said, and uh, I got to throw this out there. I'm sure that uh, Vince McMahon probably wasn't that offended by the rib either, so I'm just going to throw that out there. Just by what we've heard about Vince McMahon's sense of humor, I'm sure that uh, Randy probably got brought into an office, a door was closed, and he probably got a ha, 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 ha. That was pretty funny. Now shake well, my I, hand, damn it. <laughs> I, I, I wonder if Vince McMahon is asking himself now, how many times did I pick up that piece of food after I shook Randy's hand <laughs> and, and wondering, you know, I guess for a guy that had bare lips on his ass, probably wouldn't mind much. <laughs> That's true. A nice cold, uh, cold pair of hands from a, uh, Randy Orton on, uh, on the old, uh, kiss my ass club. But look, it, regardless, it, it's, it's gone again, just, there's too much out there. And, uh, you know, it's almost, I wish we never heard about it just because, uh, it's kind of something funny that the guys should laugh about, but whatever. We'll kind of wrap it up here for this episode. Uh, like we said, when this episode's coming out, Shane's going to be way flying into another hemisphere. He's going to be going on his way to Australia for his big tour that he's going to be doing with, uh, what is it? Battle championship wrestling, Shane? BCW, Battle Championship yes, sir. And the return of Dominic DiNucci to Australia, but also the great stars such as Rob Van Dam and Sabu and Masato Tanaka and Tajiri that are joining Shane over in Australia for a really cool tour. So, hey, if you're in Australia, come on out and say hi to Shane and the boys as well as Dominic and uh, have a good time. And if you're here waiting for Shane to get back, uh, you're going to have to wait a little while because it's going to be a little bit of travel time. <laughs> to get back to the states but we want to also remind you that today's episode number 61 is brought to you by our partners at figures toy company and as you know by now figures toy company is revolutionizing the wrestling figure industry with their wrestling figure lines the rising stars of professional wrestling and the legends of professional wrestling featuring over 30 plus stars from the modern era as well as the classic superstars of the past being brought to you in a six-inch likeness that are like no other, and they're kind of re revolutionizing the way the wrestling figures are presented in today's market. So if you are a collector and you want to add them to your collection, head on over to figurestoycompany.com and wrestlingsuperstore.com and get your hands on some of these amazing action figures and some of the cool ones they have on the way. They just announced that they are just adding Joey Janela, who's a great independent star, to the fray, as well as we've been talking about the anticipated Francine figure. And uh, Little Bird told me that they're uh, they're in talks with somebody uh, that Shane knows very well that could be coming down the pike as well. So stay tuned for that, folks. And uh, we hope you come back and check us out as we figure out what we're going to do with our next episode, whether Shane's going to dial in from Australia, we don't know yet, or we're going to try to come up with some contingency plan but whether or not we will be here for number 62. And if you want to follow us, please head to Twitter at the three threat pod at the franchise SD at two man power trip and at wrestling pal. And you can find all the links on TMPT of wrestling.com. You can get all the Shane merchandising links as well as the podcast episode downloads and YouTube videos and uh, everything else going on in our world as well. All the great interviews that we publish uh, are also available through tmptofwrestling.com. So, Shane, as we wrap it up here, we wish you a great trip. We hope you have a ton of fun. We can't wait to hear all the uh, the great stories. And, uh, hey, if you take some pictures, send them our way. We'll publish them for you, and we'll uh, we'll get them out there. And hopefully, uh, you know, you enjoy yourself just as much as uh, you've been talking about the last couple of weeks. 
I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait. But uh, look, if uh, anybody out there, I'm going to leave you with a big, big piece of advice and a big piece of wisdom. The next time you meet Randy Orton, just wave, don't shake hands. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the two-man power trip of wrestling. What the world is downloading.